Hello, this is Quantum Peeper, a podcast about creative thinking on self-care, authentic relationships, and non-traditional families for a more peaceful and just world. I'm your host, Kristen Harrison. Let's get started. Hello, friends. It's your pal, Kristen, here, coming to you with episode four, four uh, 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 of Quantum Peeper. And I wanted to share with you guys, uh, you know, I think some, some wisdom, uh, a, a, a tip, if you will, a series of tips here today uh, that are very important to me right now. And uh, I think you're really going to enjoy this easy how-to today. Um, this is a very prescriptive episode here today. It's really just a kind of a manual, if you will, on how to never, ever get laid again in just five easy steps. Uh, so this, these tips here, these are like secret tips and I'm I'm really talking mostly to the other uh, single uh, moms in my community of friends and you know, really just women in general. But I mean, guys, you know, people who identify as guys, gather around, you know, pull up a chair, listen in. Uh, but these are the tips that, because I can really only speak about this very important topic from my own experience of not getting laid. Um, and so I can't really you know, I, I, I can, it's, it's very, very particular to this moment um, and this, this experience. So with, without further ado, uh, I want to tell you guys how that you should, you'll never get laid again. Um, if you just do what your friend Kristen does, uh, it's going to be really easy. Uh, the first thing you guys should know, well, I guess you, this isn't even step one. I mean, the precursor to all of this is that one of the things that I have found out in my time of uh, being married for almost 17 years and then being in a long-term relationship for about three years, three and a half years, and then dating is that I have come to understand that I'm a thing called a demisexual. This is what the, the millennials do. They name all of these things. They're like the Germans with their gemicklicht hutheitsmunstensen. You know, they've got like a compound concept for everything. And I love it because a demisexual apparently is somebody who does not get their horn dog on for someone that they do not respect and like. That's a thing. <laughs> That's a thing. I didn't know that was a thing. Like that, that, you know, you would, I mean, I, call me old fashioned, call me old fashioned, that you wouldn't want to have sex with someone unless you really liked them. Uh, but apparently that's a, a, an orientation. That's like a thing that there are lots of people who, and I did not know this. This is very interesting. They can have sex with people. They just can't have sex like, like, hey, you look pretty good. Hey, you look pretty good. Let's get it on. And then they do. And I did not know that. I did not know that. So, um, yeah, knowledge is a good thing. But so in this process of learning that I am a uh, this this person who doesn't really want to do it with people unless I'm uh I respect them and I like them. Uh it's it's make it's made dating 
really interesting for me. Uh, and I think it's given me this kind of a, a step back, if you will, like kind of like a, a bit of a distance from what maybe some of my, my, my counterparts in the world, counter, you know, other single moms that I know are going through also trying to date and figure things out. Um, so, so yeah, so I, I've broken it down into to really easy schematics here, five easy steps. So let's jump right in. First, number one, this is the first thing you must do if you never want to get laid again, is it's really easy. Do not have sex. Just do not have sex. And what I mean is you will be presented with sex. <laughs> you will be, you will be, you will be tempted. You will be offered sex and you should not have it. And what I mean is that you don't want to pursue a relationship or hook up with someone who isn't awesome. I guess maybe this is the wisdom from the demisexual. Like, it's going to only cause problems if you hook up with somebody that you don't actually like. You know, do you know what I'm saying? Like, it, it's it, unless unless you're the kind of person and you're not you're 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 happy, you know, having the person wham bam thank you. Like, that's good if you if that's if that's what you want, that's great. But if in your life you would like to I mean I guess this for me is like I would I I I like the idea of having a partner because I would like to know someone really well and I would like for them to know me really well so that then we challenge each other to become the best versions of who we could possibly be right so that's my I guess that's that's also my trip right that's that's what I'm looking for if you're looking for something different more power to you but I really highly encourage you to not have sex with people that you don't like uh, because what what it ends up doing is making it so that you end up in some situationship or relationship or friends with benefits ship or some other, you know, uh, random way of being that is ultimately going to be exhausting. Uh this this whole podcast idea, this whole this whole episode really came up as uh, a response to a recent dating foible, foibles, problems, little little uh, little uh, uh, hiccup, if you will. Uh, I it started chatting with this guy. It was seemed really nice, seemed really creative, all this good stuff, good good. Uh, texting back and forth, oh that's good, good good, and then realized that in the conversation, even the texting, I would put some information out there like, here's, you know, a picture of my view at work, or here's a picture of my kids on the first day of school, or whatever it is. And the, the, my, my, the person I was talking to, he didn't respond. He didn't respond back to it. And I thought that was really kind of strange. And I mentioned it, I was like, you know, hey, you know, you gotta get you know if we're gonna if we're gonna do the thing i'm this person i'm the demisexual <laughs> and i i have to like you and you know if you want me to like you like let's actually have a conversation uh and he said oh well i'm really just so busy i've got this going on i'm sorry i'll be more attentive okay good so then we ended up having a conversation well it was sort of a conversation uh with by the phone and 
I said something um, about, you know, my experience having been married. And he said, oh, well, your ex sounds selfish. What does he know, right? But he said, but I'm actually really selfish. And then he launched into about an hour and a half long, like, rambling monologue I really shouldn't give anybody any shit for rambling monologues because essentially that's what I'm doing right now. Okay, point taken. But his was an, uh, it was it was it was a, it was a command audience of of rambling um, and talking about all of his stuff going on in life and all of these things and just going on and and, and had like a lot of I won't even share all of the information because it was just a lot of information that was very suspicious to me. Um, like it was basically just like, just imagine a beautiful field of red flags, just like waving in the wind and just gorgeous on a beautiful summer day, just red flags in the field. And, uh, got off the phone and, uh, next few days messaged me and, you know, said, why aren't you, you know, why aren't you texting me? Why aren't you talking to me? I said, well, you know, I, I just, just so you know, I'm not trying to ghost you. I'm not trying to be mean or anything, but you know, I just am not in, I, I really want to be like, I, I, you just said that you were selfish. And if you tell me that you're selfish, I'm going to believe you. Uh, that's what Dr. Maya Angelou told Oprah recently, you know, believe what people tell you about themselves. Don't, tr- don't say, oh no, you're not selfish. If somebody says I'm selfish and then they go and they talk for like an hour and a half about themselves, they selfish. And the reason why that's not good for somebody like me who actually wants to like a person to have sex with them um, is there's this thing called bids in a relationship. Uh, John Gottman, he's a social psychologist and researcher uh, on relationships. He and his wife have the Gottman Institute and they've been doing all this amazing work for millions of, maybe not millions of years, like really just like decades. But decades, it's significant in a relationship. You know what I mean? Uh, so on the how people stay together. And one of the main things that is a predictor of a healthy relationship is if I'm in a relationship with you and I go, hey, look over there, there's the bird. And you don't look up from your newspaper and you're just like, birds, fuck them. Uh, things are not going to go well, right? That if I say something is important and I give it a bid, that's a bid for attention, you have to respond back and go, hey, yes, you know, look at that bird. That is a bird that is singing in the sky, right? Uh, and, and hopefully when you do your bid, I'm also going to be like, you know, oh man, ultimate Frisbee? What? Okay, cool. Let's talk about that. Uh, we're going to like, we're going to basically like each other's bids enough to be able to uh, have a shared experience. And do we see this, the world the same way? So when someone is showing you that they are not going to be that person, if, if you can see early on that that per- that someone is not going to they tell you I'm actually selfish or oh I'm kind I'm kind of a man ho or I'm kind of a hoe or I'm kind of a whatever um, and hoes are like hoes are actually good get paid for your work ladies uh, or men whoever uh, but if someone's telling you who they are believe them and don't fuck them it um, just just move on because you don't need to have your body you know all caught up with somebody that isn't actually going to be good for you in the long term unless you really like that unless you enjoy the 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 troubles of that or you 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 enjoy the comings and goings of things and that's also fine i'm just saying if you don't want to just get laid you know just 
don't do that. Uh, so don't have sex with people who aren't awesome. Now, number two, on to one of my favorites on how not to get laid ever again. Uh, go fuck yourself. Like seriously, number two, go fuck yourself. Uh, and, and what I mean by that is really literally go fuck yourself. Like literally, you know, find out how to fuck yourself and fuck yourself real good. Because I tell you, when I was actually having a conversation with uh, a, a male friend uh, of mine, and uh, we, he, he's like, he's like a tender guy, right? He's like, always on tender, does this stuff. And uh, he said that, uh, you know, he was talking about how he, you know, meets the lady and he, they, they basically talk for a minute and then they hook up and then he, they have mediocre sex and then he goes and he's like, that's awesome. And I'm like, wow, why would you want to have mediocre sex? Like, why would you just, why would you go to that trouble uh, and expense and time, you know? And uh, he said, well, well, if I have, if I give them good sex, they're going to want to stay, right? Oh God, that would be terrible. Oh my gosh, what, what could we do? Uh, so I, I say that to say that I, pers- I like, I have had, <laughs> let's put some perspective on this. I've had two partners in like 20 years, right? So I'm, I am not the modern lady who's out there with the sex positivity and just give it a go. Like, just, you know, try this person out and try that person out. You've got people to listen to who will tell you that. And listen to that. If that's your jam, go bang, bang a gong, get it on, get it on. Um, but for me, I have now in my life had some amazing sex and some in my early, you know, in different times of my life, not so amazing sex. And I'm going to tell you, if I'm going to get some sex, if I'm going to have some sex, I want some really good sex. And you know what happens with really good sex? You cannot have, like, really good sex. I'm talking about, oh, jam, like my jam, like really good sex when you have sex with somebody one time. Like the one time I think it's like, hey, what's going on? What do you, all right, okay. Second time maybe, oh, this was kind of, all right, like we tried it again. Like you got to get on like number 175, 100, number 78, like 212. Like those are the numbers in order to really fuck somebody really good. And I guess for me at least, like I'm interested in that. Like, I'm interested in not getting laid. Like, I don't want to get laid. Like, I'm going to get fucked. You know what I'm saying, girls? Like, fucked. Like, real good. And that just doesn't happen if you, you know, just get laid. So, towards that, figuring out what you like. What do you like? What do you want? What do you, what, what feels good? What are the mental things that your brain goes to? What are your kinks, you know? Figuring that stuff out for me has been huge Uh, because again, like why would I enter into a thing with somebody if I can't like come with all my desire, you know, I remember I got on with this guy when I was like 17 or 18 or some shit. And like, he basically like shamed me for wanting to have an orgasm. And that was like crazy, right? But I think that that still happens. That happens with like grownups and adults, you know, like, oh, you don't, you like that? Well, yeah, I fucking like that. So anyway, 
go fuck yourself. And, and, and in the meantime, too, as you are fucking yourself, also go get a massage. Like, I, I cannot recommend massage highly enough. It, and it's on the same touch spectrum, you know? There's the physical release of having some sex and orgasm and all of that good stuff. It's great for your body, oxytocin and dopamine and neurotransmitters. It's good stuff. Um, physically good for your what's it vasodilators it's just basically sex is good for your body but so is human touch right so that's the other part i think of not getting laid is that if you're not getting laid on the regular like you're not getting touched you're not getting hugged you're not getting you know loved on and i think as human animals like we're mammals yo we need buddies we need touches and one of the things that I found in my life over the past even 10 years has been that if I get a massage even once a month, then not, and I'm not talking, like, I'm talking about therapeutic, like, good massage, then it makes it so that I'm connected to my body, my, my, I feel inhabited in my body, um, the, the, the very, the, 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 the nature of just having been touched by another human being, it's so important. Uh, there are all kinds of studies that show how massage alleviates so many symptoms of depression. And I mean, if we really think about it, it's that we, we are, we are, we are little animals, right? We want to be hugged. We want to be cradled. But what happens, and I've heard this from a number of friends, is that they end up getting in some situation, falling into some putang or, you know, <laughs> falling onto some D and uh, it's because they just want hugs. They want hugs. They want to be cuddled. They want to be cradled. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I think that there's probably room in the world for professional cuddlers. <laughs> I myself, I don't think that I, I, I think I probably have some boundary issues with professional cuddlers. I think I might get too attached to being cuddled in like a really professional cuddle. I don't know. I mean, I should try that. I mean, I think, I think maybe I'll put that on my list for 2020, get a professional cuddling session just to see what that's about. And then I can report back. But, you know, if you don't want to get laid and you want to, um, just, you know, I guess have something, have, have, have love in your life, have a, you know, sex. And I'm not even saying like one person, I mean, you could be I, I myself am not poly, but I have friends who are just brilliant and, and very, very deep people who can do this and have this deep, deep connections with, with a couple of people at the same time. I, more power to you. But if you're not just going to go get laid um, just for the sake of being laid, go fuck yourself. Right? That's number two. Okay. Number three. This is... Uh, hard. This is a hard one. Um, cultivate intimacy in your friendships. And the reason why this is so hard is because, especially as a demisexual, right, as I identify, right, uh, I keep all of my most innermost problems and thoughts and anxieties, like, very closed off right? I keep it very closed off. It's, it's like the most sensitive parts of me, right? I keep it, I keep it kind of on lockdown and that's not really very healthy. Uh, what I found is that 
instead of, I think what happens a lot of times, and again, in the too, like what's my motive in wanting to date? What's my motive for wanting to, to, to be with somebody? What's my motive for wanting to go out? Um, you know, sometimes it's just, you want someone who will understand and listen to you and you want to be able to hear someone else and hear their thoughts and, and have like a real connection, a real exchange. And what I found in my process of not getting laid is that I turned to my friends and I have developed friendships with people, platonic friendships that are so deep and so intimate and so real uh, that I will never, I will never not have them. I will always have those intimate relationships that I know that I can call, you know, at any point and be like, well, maybe not any point, more like text you. Hey, you got some bandwidth for me because I got some shit to lay down on you, you know? And, and then having a conversation where you can just really talk about what's going on. Um, shared experiences growing up, similar kinds of backgrounds, you know, oh man, I'm dealing with this thing. And then, you know, we can relate and you're dealing with it too. But really getting real in my friendships, really getting um, open, cracked open and vulnerable, trusting that if I open myself up to my dearest friends, that they are going to catch me, that they're going to be there. And I listened to, again, the Brene Brown talk on trust. And one of the points she makes in her million, like her litany of great points uh, is that if you show up to somebody and you tell them that you need help, then when they need help, they're not going to see themselves as a burden to you. So by opening up and allowing yourself to be intimate with a friend, it makes it so that then they feel safe coming to you as well. Um, and I think this is important because sometimes I think when people want to date, it's because they want to be seen, right? They want to, if they want to get into a relationship or they want to get fucked or whatever they want, it's because they want to be validated. They want their experience to be witnessed. Um, you know, I have a dear, like my, I have these, my bitches, like I've, I have, I've been so, so blessed to have relationships in my life that are so close. I've like multiple, like, like straight up best friends. Like I will be there for you and give you a kidney if you need it, best friends, you know? Um, but one of the things that one of my dearest best friends says to me, sister from another mister, uh, she, she'll say, you know, you know, I, I just want to witness that for you or I'm witnessing that. And that is so powerful just knowing that someone is seeing what our lived experience is. And I think again, too, you know, a lot of times we're out there, I don't know, at least my impulse is sometimes to be out there trying to find somebody to have sex with when really what I'm hungry for is to be seen and to be valid, be heard. So I think by being more trusting in my intimate relationships it makes it so that I am not not coming at a uh, sexual encounter or a relationship with somebody with like a hungry heart, if that makes any sense. That that I can be I can maybe open up to that person, but like I'm not so pent up with being misunderstood or not being heard that 
I'm looking to that person to do it all for me, if that makes any sense. Uh, I was reading an interesting thread, uh, and I was thinking, like, how do you attribute? I was reading this Twitter thread that was that was circulating the internet, as posted by you know Omega Three One Two One Two. No, I don't I don't know how you attribute it, but basically it was a thread about uh, how what the friend zone is. So in uh, you know we we we've heard this in dating with uh, oh she friend zoned him oh they friends oh she friend zoned me or he friend zoned me um, well the the fucked up thing about the friend zone is that and and this and this maybe is for for women too but this 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 point this this particular thread was talking about how the friend zone relates to toxic masculinity and so basically. If, uh, if, if, a per, if a man uh, has all of his, is all pent up and he doesn't talk to anybody, he doesn't talk to anybody about his feelings, and then he's waiting to try and date someone uh, and, and have her be the person who is his, you know, transfer point for all his emotions, be able to see all of his intimacies and all this good stuff. Uh, but then that woman rejects him and doesn't want to actually have sex with him and actually just wants to be a friend and actually would be open to hearing maybe about life or what's going on, um, then that feels like a lesser thing. It feels like it's like a rejection or it's something that's not ideal or it's something that is, uh, that, that basically if a woman doesn't want to fuck you and puts you in the friend zone, um, then she's not valuable. Oh, then the, then it's over. And what I found, at least, is one of my dearest best friends I met actually on an OKCupid okay date, uh, and just a series of and a series of unfortunate incidents. Uh, we didn't end up, you know, banging it out, uh, and that's okay. That's you know wasn't it wasn't meant to be that, and uh, but has become one of my very best friends. And good God, if when I said I don't. Think this is actually the, and basically right now what I'm doing is I'm making a hand with the circle. One hand is a circle, like my, my fingers together, and the other hand is like a finger going in it. I'm just doing that, like like the the, the universal sign for getting it on. Um, that's not going to happen. When I said that, uh, he could have been like, you know, all right, uh, well, good luck, and not talk to me anymore. But instead, uh, he said. Uh, you know, if we don't have sex for a week, we don't have sex for a month, we don't have sex for a year, we don't have sex forever, I don't care because you are a really cool person and I want to get to know you. Like, they got, that's the doing the work there, man. That's doing the work. Um, but yeah, so anyway, having those kinds of relationships, men, women, people that you're attracted to, people that you're not attracted to. You can also have like intimate relationships with people and have attraction be there. You can be attracted to somebody and not fuck them because you know that if you fuck them, it's going to get like all into this other realm of other stuff that people have to deal with and triggering points and all this stuff. And if you don't want to get into it with that person, you can totally still have a close relationship with somebody. Um, but I think in order to not just get laid, um, you know, open up, open up to the people who love you. So number four, 
This is about now showing up for yourself. So we've talked about like being open up to our friends, but showing up for ourselves. One of the things that I did wrong in being married, I mean, I can say that, right? I can say I did it wrong, was that I think I, I lost track of how to figure out what it was that I actually needed, like my ability to articulate the feeling that I was having and then what I needed to do about that feeling. I'd lost, that system had broken down. And then when I was feeling, I just knew that it was bad. Then I wanted my my husband at the time, I wanted my husband to fix me, to make it better, to make me feel better. You should make me feel better now, right? You love If you love me, you're going to make me feel better. And that is, now I see, crazy. Like, that is just absolutely ludicrous. Uh, and what reason why is because, god damn, if, if, if I can't make myself happy, if I can't even articulate myself to what my, my own needs are, no one is ever going to have a chance at actually making me happy or ever deriving happiness from you know, the process of helping me fill my needs. Because if I can't fill them first and I'm relying on somebody else, then I could I could rely on somebody to fill my needs who is actually not healthy for me, who's actually not going to help me grow in other ways. And I might not be healthy for them, right? So one of the things that I have gotten really good at in this period of time where I'm not getting laid is, um, I hope you like that too. I hope you like like this approach I'm taking. Um, but the, one of the things I found is that I, I have to figure out what I'm actually feeling, let myself feel it, and then take care of myself. What do I need, right? So the other night, uh, was end of the month, dude, what the fuck? August, so glad it is done. Hated it. And uh, I was exhausted. I was just like so emotionally drained from everything. Um, very Sales is emotional work, as I've mentioned before. Um, but so anyway, drained, exhausted, tired, hungry, blah, 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 you know. And if I had been I think if I was in a relationship and I hadn't had this time to figure this out, I'd have been like, you know, in some shitty mood and would cause a fight with my partner because like the need, the needs that I'm having are so great. Like how could anybody possibly figure out all of the little like, you know, intricacies, the little code that it would take to reset all my buttons, you know? And um, so it, it actually, the, the code actually was, was uh, favoring my dinner. So I favored dinner, got into my fucking pajamas, ate my dinner in bed, and watched Burn Notice. I don't know what your judgment's about with Burn Notice. Burn Notice is a great show. Burn Notice, if you watch Burn Notice, you will learn how to become a spy, okay? And if like Michael, Michael Heston, he, Michael Weston, he's going to tell you how to become a spy step by step. Each episode, he tells you, you know, if you want to make an explosive and you don't have all the materials, use hand sanitizer and a 
you know, a tampon or whatever it is, you know, because actually that would be like a, that would actually create a bomb if you put, anyway, um, I watched dumbass shows, right? And then fucked myself. And then I put myself into a hot bath with the, I have these Epsom salts. It's got CBD oil in it and it is amazing. It's, it's so good. And, uh, very nurturing. I felt very warm. I felt very relaxed. And then I slept for like 10 fucking hours, man. I slept and slept and slept and slept and slept. And when I woke up, I was like a human being again. And I don't think, I think I, I, I'm really just very, very thankful for this period of my life right now where I'm having the opportunity to not get laid and I'm by myself and I can actually figure out, well, what do I need? what do I need in order to reset? Because if I need, you know, three and a half episodes of burn notice and, you know, fish tacos and whatever it is, like the exact, you know, the exact formula, then I can, you know, my partner, if some eventually some point, you know, it's either I can be by myself that night and take care of it, or maybe they have something that, that, that works and is like a, a reset, but I'm not going to look outside myself for someone else to complete me. And I'm not also going to accept being in a relationship with somebody just to be in a relationship with somebody um, if my needs are not getting met. I realize as that is coming out of my mouth, how crazy that sounds. I get it. Like, I get that that sounds nuts, that you would be in a relationship with somebody if your needs are not getting met. But I'm here to tell you, it is so common. It's so common that, uh, you know, we, we stay in relationships uh, for all kinds of reasons. There are all of these pressures. There are all kinds of things on us to stay in relationships. Family pressures, social pressures, financial pressures, uh, and even emotional pressures. It's, you know, just because one thing isn't working doesn't mean everything is bad. But I think too often we get into sexual relationships where we don't have our needs met. And at least I've gotten into that in the past. And it ends up just causing trouble and struggle and strife, you know? Again, like, I, if you're the kind of person who can go and get laid and it doesn't become this complicated thing like it is for me, uh, and, like, it just, you're, you've already figured these things out, that is fantastic, fantastic, good for you. Um, and I'm not, and I'm not at all, like, if somebody can have sex with someone else and then, the, you know, not have, uh, not have worries about, uh, getting their needs met and not have worries about, you know, that they're going to ultimately get along with the person or not get along with the person. Again, all that's great. I'm just saying in my schematics here, if you don't want to just get laid, uh, don't look to other people to fill your needs. And it is hard to sit with yourself and realize what your needs are to feel your feels and be honest about what it will take to set things straight. So without further ado, number five, drum roll, please. The fifth step, fifth easy step in how to not get laid is fall in love 
with yourself. So the they always say that. People always say, fall in love with yourself. There's like a dove chocolate. There's like these little chocolates. And if you open it, they're dark chocolates. So you open it up inside. It always has like something like follow your dreams or some little quotation. And uh, like, fall in love with yourself. What does that mean? What does that mean? What does that mean? Because I have, I have had heretofore this point, not really understood what that meant. I don't know what that meant. What do you mean by falling in love with yourself? Like, wh- what is that? I mean, I, I, got, I got married when I was like 25. And that's a long, I mean, that's early, right? I would not, that, I'm scratching my head. I'm like literally scratching my head right now. So what, what does it mean to fall in love with yourself? And I'm working on this. I'm working on this as a topic, as, a, as, a, as, a, as an active uh, exercise. Because... I think that if you fall in love with yourself and like, let's also agree, like we can agree on points like that. We are this, this site of experiences and uh, class and race and our social status and income. Like we're, we're who we are. The self is a very moving target. It's not, there's, there isn't, maybe there isn't like a set static self, right? There isn't there, there, that we are these sites uh, that all of these actions are being played out. All of these larger forces are being played out and that there are some things that we choose when maybe what we choose to move through um, those forces, that is some, something, something we can call the self, right? Uh, But, but the self that I'm talking about is that you don't, what I don't want to have happen is end up in a relationship at some point again, where I have to cut myself off. I have to cut off pieces of myself in order to fit in the relationship. I, I don't, I want to know enough about myself and love myself such that I would never want to be without all of these things that I do love now, I think, as I've said before, like, there's lots of things that I want to, I'm open to changing. There are lots of things that I'm working on that I would love to improve on. Like, I have wicked anxiety, and I need to just go out and do fun stuff more, right? Like, there's, like, things that I am actively, yes, this can change. So I'm not, again, not advocating for not changing. But what I am advocating for is figuring out all of these little things that make you you that you can call your identity that you can call yourself that you can like about yourself and call them to you and fall in love with them because if I feel like if I could fall in love with myself and I am I am I am falling in love with myself if I fall in love with myself if I love myself then it's going to make it I think easier for someone else to love me and I'm also going to it's going to be easier for me to realize when someone else is not loving me uh, or they're trying or, or they would love some other version of me it's I think that having a clear vision is really important uh, I think again it goes back to having really dear friends 
I have friends who, who reflect to me things about myself that I don't always believe. I can't, I can't even take it in, you know, but in believing what other people have to say that are good about me, you know, that, that, that they've got to say that it's kind of like once someone, once you know that you are worthy of being treated kindly and well, it inoculates you. It makes it so that you are immune to being treated poorly. I mean, at least for me, that's what's happened. That's what's happened for me. Um, that I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be in, I wouldn't be with someone. I wouldn't be in a friendship. I wouldn't be in a relationship. I wouldn't be where the things that I, I thought were good about myself were being derided or um, shamed in any way. And so some of the things that I, so I started thinking about, like, well, when you're falling in love with somebody, what are the things that you you try and figure out because you're because like when you fall in love with somebody it's like oh there's all these big your brain is just like all these chemical things going on and you know what are they like you know what are the songs they like what's the what are their movies that they think are great what what did they what do they love what's their favorite food what are what was their best childhood memory you know what's what's their uh what's their quirk What's, what are the things that make them tick as a person? What are their poems? And you want to understand this, like, landscape of a person and understand, you know, to try and really see them, see what they really look like. You're trying to understand all of these different features or aspects of, of, of the other person. And so I started thinking for myself, you know, well, what are my favorite songs? Like, what are the songs? And I know that this sounds fucking crazy. I know that maybe, maybe you don't struggle with this like I do, but like I have been in, in I guess being married was just wild. You know, I, I, a lot of this stuff just goes out the window when you're in a long-term relationship. I don't know. At least for me, it did. Uh, what are the songs I like? What are my favorite songs? What makes me happy? You know, I've, I fucking love Steve Martin movies. Like some of them, they don't age very well because they're very sexist and shitty, but I still love Steve Martin. You know, what, what are the films that light me up? You know, I like, and, and I think a lot of this falls into too, maybe guilty pleasures or things that you're like, Oh, I don't want anybody to know this about me. Um, because it's like really easy to be like, oh yeah, let's go see Werner Herzog. Or I guess films are important, right? Let's go see, uh, you know, um, uh, Alejandro. What's his name? Uh, anyway, Escovedo. No, that's a musician. But you know what I'm saying? Like it's all it's fine to think about like the people that you are supposed to like, but the things that you're not supposed to like. Um, I love dumbass movies. I I love dumbass movies, but not all the time. But when my brain needs a break, like, like that's great. Um, I love swimming at night. You know, there's, there's like little special things. I love potions. I love, and, and towards like my, my, uh, my, uh, what's that thing called? Like kind of a guilty pleasure. I love potions. I love like, like any kind of like a, 
not any kind, but I love little powders and like granule thingies that you can put into a cup of water or hot water and they make it flavored like something else. Uh, I used to have one that was like uh, hot ginger and echinacea with lemon in it. And it was, uh, it was, oh, they sold it at Sprouts before, before it was Sprouts. It was so good and um, healing for the throat. I love crystal light packets. I'm sorry, I do. Like I, like green apple flavor. It's so good. Um, but these are the kinds of things that I just, I don't think I'm going to change that. I don't think I'm going to change the fact that I need to have like, you know, 20 different wonderful smelly things around me all the time. Like Florida water and nice candles and perfume and body lotion. I, I'm never going to, I don't think I'm ever going to not be that way. And I don't want, why would I want to be, you know? Um, but I think sometimes what can happen in relationships is like, oh, well, you know, Sarah doesn't like it when I, you know, do X, Y, and Z. So I'm not going to do that around her or, you know, Bill or whoever, whoever you're trying to, 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 to shape yourself to fit with. And I think for me, a big part of not getting laid is that when I do want to have a relationship or I do want to end up having some awesome sex, I want to be able to come to that meeting with my full self because I think that's, that's what the big, that's a big part of intimacy, right? Is that we're showing all of who we are and the other person goes, yes, and me too, right? They don't have to like crystal light packets. They don't have to like, you know, fucking rose water and stuff that I've got around my room, all these sneaky things. But they have to love that I love it, you know? And they're things too. Like, I go, <laughs> I love that you love, you know, ultimate Frisbee. Like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't actually know anybody that I, I'm dating or not dating or whatever. We want to play ultimate Frisbee. But like, that would be a thing that I was like, at first glance, I don't really want to go play ultimate Frisbee. But like, I could be convinced. I mean, I could try ultimate Frisbee. That'd be fine. But like, I, I'm never going to change if that about them. I'm never going to change. If that's a hobby and they love it, they should always have it. And I think what can happen sometimes is that we get into relationships with people and we want to change them um, or they want to change us or we want to change ourselves in order to fit the relationship. And uh, it, 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 that's just not the way it works. Like if we want to change, you know, and we want to, you know, there's some part of ourselves that is a negotiable part of ourselves and we want to change that thing. And, uh, we grow and mature in the, because of the relationship. Awesome. But we don't need to go lopping off parts of ourselves just to get laid, just to have somebody. We don't need to do that. That's not, that's not what's necessary. But I think it's hard because all of these things together, you know, all of these things together make it so that you still don't have your one person or you don't have your two people or your, your, you don't have these close, the, the, you know, you don't have your, 
your validation. You don't have your, you know, your, your companion. And I guess what I'm getting at is that if we break down what we get from another person and break it down in such a way that we can feel, uh, we can kind of understand what, what are the, what are the parts of that that we can give to ourselves or get from other places, then it makes it less pressing if we don't have that person or people in our lives. So I think that's ultimately what the not getting laid thing is, is that like the human condition is hard, isn't it? I mean, it's, I mean, it can be easy, but I think it's oftentimes very difficult and having, you know, a lover or lovers, it makes it so that you can, I think it, at least for me, having been married and then not been married, there's something really beautiful about weathering the storm, about having, you know, companionship for your, for your, your animal body. You know, we, we like, we like that. But at what cost? <laughs> My friend earlier today, at what cost? She said, uh, it's a high cost of just ending up fucking people. And then it doesn't work out. And then time goes on. And then, you know, you are not, you know, does it get in the way of your growth? Does it get in the way of your change? Is it just something to do before you die? I don't know. I mean, at least for me, I, I want to be really intentional in everything that I do. And finding a person to fuck is also part of that. You know, it's also, it's difficult. But also, like, but it's the good kind of difficult, you know? I think that's maybe, like, the the kind of the, 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 the final place that I'd like to, to finish is, I think, with, when it comes to, again, you know, my, my single mom friends who have not met somebody or they meet somebody and things go south or whatever is that it can feel like you're, it can feel like you're wrong. It can feel like there's something wrong with you when you're a single mom, you know, because in our culture, in our world, you know, it, it's very, you know, the, the predominant messages is that we have a mom and a dad and 2.5 children and two cars and, you know, everybody's, these are the things that, you know, people have and that's the way that family should be. That's the way that life should be. And if you are a woman and you, you know, for whatever reason are not in that relationship, but you do have children, it's like, well, you know, what would, what went wrong or what, what did you do wrong? Or is there something wrong with me? Or, and then when you're trying to navigate all of those feelings and then also try and figure out what comes next, it can be hard to figure out if, you know, is there going to be a person that will accept, you know, my love of potions or my, I, I name, I name, uh, I name most of my electronics equipment. Um, I, I give them names like, you know, are, are they going to love my, 
my quirks? Is there, is that going to happen? And I think some people are, can do like the whole, just going and fucking people and they're good at it and they can do that. And they just, they just laugh it off, slack it off. And that's great. I think again, it's just, I'm not that person. I can't do that. I, it just, my, my shit just dries up. It's like a fucking faucet. It's like, and, uh, so in the meantime, what do we do? You know, so if I don't want to feel like I'm broken or not right for the world. And I know you, some of you single mamas out there are feeling this. What do I do? You know, how do I make peace? (laughs) So sometimes I think, you know, going out or trying to date people, it can feel like a way of trying to, to be right in the world again. And I hope my easy steps here for not getting laid (laughs) are also maybe just also a pathway to feel right in the world without being partnered because it's hard, you know, but I think ultimately the opportunity is that there are a lot of new structures to be created. There are a lot of new kinds of friendships, new kinds of ways of relating to the world, kinds of visions of ourselves that can happen. But I think the, it, it has to start with just talking about it. It just has to talk. And speaking of which, uh, the, the biggest way to not get laid is by having your children still get in bed with you. Um, that's a great way to prevent uh, sleepovers because that's just what happened here to me. Uh, I'm talking to you, it's like 2 o'clock in the morning because that's when I can do this sort of thing. Uh, and of course... One kid and then another just got in the bed. And uh, so I had to stop kind of abruptly. But uh, but yeah, that's also a great way to uh, not jump into some uh, random situation is uh, having little people who, uh, who need you and you have to prioritize. But uh, more on that at another point. Uh, for now, though, thank you again so much for listening. And I really appreciate all all of your support and all of your feedback, please. Uh, I know that you guys are going to have thoughts on this. So leave your, your voicemail with anchor, make comments on the Instagram post on the Facebook post and let me know what you think. Uh, if you have any other good tips on how not to get laid, uh, maybe you can share them with, with others and, uh, we can just have a community of people who are just totally not getting any. And, uh, and we'll, we'll be supportive of one another. So thank you again for your attention. And uh, we'll talk to you next time. Thanks so much.